When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Hey, welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast, now a videocast too. You, know, you can hear the podcast wherever you get your shows, and you can see the videocast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel. Or you can find the links to all of this by going to our website, which is KramerandBrill.com. That is definitely the easiest way. Everything's there. You can find out some more about us and what we're doing and everything. Well, you know, it's week 11, and the bye week is the Broncos and the Rams. Only two teams on uh, by the Rams certainly needed after uh, that big loss on Monday night to the 49ers. The winners this week, Patrick Mahomes back again, five touchdown passes, 406 yards, didn't throw a pick, 36 fantasy points. Dak Prescott, Mac Jones, who threw three touchdown passes in a win, and we didn't think that was going to happen. They just kind of came out and dominated. Here's what I saw out of Patrick Mahomes. For the first time in, I don't maybe, well, maybe since last year, his feet and eyes, and you've heard me talk about this yeah. before with quarterbacks, his feet and eyes started moving in rhythm, which oftentimes led him from high down to middle, down to low, check down on time in rhythm. Daryl Williams goes 10 yards with it, first down, moves the chains. That's what he had to do, which he's gotten away from, and now he's doing it, and voila. Now he's back to being, oh, this magical Patrick Mahomes. No, he's not. He's taking the simple throws, making the simple reads, and that's why they were successful. And I think now you got Daryl Williams, who showed up and went over 100 yards catching. You got the tight end, Kelsey, who's, you know, catching screen passes and underneath routes and mid-range. And then you've got downfield Tyreek Hill. It's, it's exactly what you'd want out of the, the Chiefs moving forward from here. I still think you should be coaching the uh, quarterbacks for the Chiefs. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy who is um, – actually trained with me coming out of college, went to oh, yeah? Utah, Utah, yeah, um, and Mike Kafka. And he's actually played for Andy Reid with the Eagles there for about five years. And sounds like he's on his way to becoming a head coach right along with Eric Bieniemy at some point. Well, the running backs, as you mentioned, Daryl Williams had 101 receiving. Stevenson in New England came from out of nowhere, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Dylan McCaffrey, Ernest Johnson, who we liked, and he had 99 yards. Uh, Jonathan Taylor led all uh, running backs rushing with 116 yards. The guy you that stands out that you just mentioned, Stevenson, the running back with New mm-hmm. England, never even heard of him before. Maybe but f- the way that guy runs with such attitude and authority, he's the one I'd bank on going forward. It's a Bel- Belichick thing. You never know who's going to be there. That's right. Yeah. Could be, it could be the, the janitor next week. I know. know. Wide receivers, Diggs at eight for 162 and a score. Justin Jefferson, nine for 143. Tight end Kelsey, eight for 119. Cooper Cup had 10 for 122 uh, on Monday night. Big time uh, for all those receivers this time out. Yeah, and I and I like the guy Jordan from the Raiders because now that Ruggs is gone, they don't really have the downfield threat that he brought them. And so Brian Jordan from game one this year has been showing up like he did just the other night and comes up with big plays. So to me, he, along with Waller and moving forward with um, – uh, Brian, uh, Jacobs uh, at running back 
I think those are the guys that the Raiders are going to have to continue to move towards. And the guy I'll mention this week, Jacoby Myers, as we know, went to NC State. In his, and now it's, what, third year, he scored his very first touchdown. Even his dad's been giving him a hard time. And so now he's gotten over that hump, which is good. You know, when it comes to the losers here, something I never, ever in my life thought I would say. Matt Ryan, less than one fantasy point. Less than one fantasy point. And which fortunately for me, for, for me, the team I was playing started Matt Ryan. <laughs> that's, that's the reason so I won. Congratulations to you then. Yeah, it was it was great. He had two. He didn't. He threw for 117 yards. He had two sacks and two picks. Well, the 117 yards equals about eight points, maybe seven, uh, and the two sacks and the two picks is minus eight. So there you go. He had zero points. And Mike White threw for four picks. Had two fantasy points. Another one that we didn't expect. Although we didn't expect him to do well. Uh, DK Metcalf three catches, 26 yards, and he was tossed for the game at the end for grabbing an opponent's face mask. Three times. You know, I said last week the Steelers looked like the old Steelers who were playing down to the competition. I was pretty right. Uh, this beard is the, the Steelers streak beard. As long as they're winning, I'm going to grow the beard. If they lose, I'll shave it off. So, and it is November. Yes, I know. Don't forget that. Right. That's right. Exactly. Um, you know, the Steelers took a winless Lions to overtime, and they finished in a tie. Now, Ben hit the COVID trail on Saturday. So Mason Rudolph's got the call. And, you know, statistically, and he, he played okay. Yeah, but the interceptions and the fumbles killed him. So and, I'll let you talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I just remember going, I didn't see the game, but I remember clicking on ESPN afterward. And the way they set this up was the highlight show saying, there's going to be no highlights. In fact, everything you see is going to be a low light. And there was like two minutes worth. It was ridiculous and so you're right i think the steelers played down and they've got to somehow write that ship again this week now they come out and play the chargers so we'll yeah, see how and, they go and, and it's really weird because you know the way the season's going i i sort of no matter who plays quarterback i sort of expect them to beat the chargers because just the way this weird season is you'd ever whatever you think is going to happen doesn't you know right. so especially I, lately. I, I feel good about it. and with the steelers you know with the tie if they'd, if they'd won the game, they'd be tied for first place in their division, which is this year the awful division, AFC North. And um, But everybody's fighting for that playoff, uh, that first place spot. But they're, with the tie, they're only a half game back. So it, it's kind of weird. We like uh, Dearness Johnson. He had 99 yards. We like Gibson, two touchdowns to Washington. We like the Cowboys. Uh, Cam Newton, who had two touchdowns, Cousins and Jalen Hurt, uh, all were solid this week. If there's one player in the NFL that I have a hard time with and always have, it's Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. And here he comes back, plays nine snaps, and it's the I'm back. Well, let me just say this to all you 20-somethings out there or people that, you know, you're deep into your Xbox and this whole me, me, me thing about Cam Newton and pulling back the Superman cape and all that crap, that might be contributing to why he was out for as long as he was out. And he really hasn't done anything just yet, to be honest. And so we'll see if I'm back really is this week when he gets to actually start. And now there, this is a team game, by the way. It's not tennis. And so we'll see how back he is. You know, this, his whole presence at this point sets up this weird scenario. He stunk, to be honest with you, he stunk it up in New England. He yep. ran for some touchdowns, and that's all he really did. He couldn't, his passer rating was like on the bottom. Uh, and so he goes to the new team. He goes back to his old team where Sam Darnold 
is kind of stuck in the situation the team's stuck because the team is on the hook for Sam to Sam Darnold for $18.5 million. You know, and you come out of that next year. I mean, the cap space, where does it go? And if Cam proves that he can play uh, a, a year there, you know, where does that go? If he can't, what do they do? I mean, this is the weirdest and probably worst scenario that a team owner has uh, has to face outside of, you know, a team de- being decimated by injuries. So, oh, you're right. There's only one team to sign them. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at the game starting Thursday with the Patriots and the Falcons. I'm definitely liking Mac Jones here. And while I'm not sold on the flavor of the week at running back, if Harris is available, I'd go for it. But it's really hard to pass with the guy you mentioned a few minutes ago, Ned Stevenson. It's really difficult. But it's like we said, it's Belichick running backs, and you just don't know what's going to happen. And I, and I know that you're married to all Steeler players currently and even former ones, which is no problem here. But for me, um, regarding, you know, the uh, Stevenson still to me, whether it's on the reality team or the fantasy team, he's the guy. And then um, I think for the Falcons, I'd still go with Cordero, Cordero Patterson, who is really stepped up his game this year. He's been given a lot of responsibility, has come through. And then I think I'd look for Matt Ryan to bounce back. I know he played terrible last week, but he's not a terrible quarterback. He's been on a roll, and I think this is a, probably a good week for him to make that comeback. Well, let's put it this way. He doesn't have very far to go to bounce back from zero. Well, true <laughs> enough. And and they're playing the down 28 to three yeah. against the Patriots again. So on Sunday's game, Saints and Eagles, I'm not sold on Trevor Simeon, although he didn't look bad. And Ingram is at least a flex if Kamara remains silent. And I am sold, though, on Jalen Hurts and his developing, developing I'd say, discernment of whether to run the ball or not and especially his accuracy as a passer. Um, over his short NFL career, which is, what, two, a year and a half, um, he's shown me some rare emotional maturity. So, like, when the game gets on the line, like it did a couple of weeks ago, and he comes up with the game-winning or game-tying touchdown pass, uh, they lose in overtime, but he's still, to me, shown that he's a worthy start. And then I like underestimated guys like his tight end, Dallas Goddard, and with Earth gone now, Goddard's getting all the uh, tight end receptions. Dolphins and Jets, quarterback up in the air, so it's hard to settle on any of the wideouts who did so well this week. Wilson, Ford, Waddle each had four catches, but Waddle's the guy here uh, for me. And Miles Gaskin runs hard, so flex is possible on this one. And also, we don't know the QB situation here with the Jets, and even if I did, I don't know if I'd play either White or Flacco. Um, I do like the Jets running back, though, Michael Carter, for his not only running ability but receiving as well. Uh, he was held to 82 yards combined scrimmage-wise, but he did rush for one touchdown. And then Corey Davis also had a strong game as a receiver. So I don't think whoever's quarterback is going to make a difference. Corey Davis is still going to contribute. Washington and Carolina, I don't expect Washington to play well after beating Tampa, but I still like Gibson and McLaurin pretty much every week. And for the Panthers, as I mentioned, Cam, who I think is getting his what first start now, mm-hmm. um, I think he's got to change to be better than expected. Um, and but one thing working in his favor is the fact that Chase Young won't be there uh, and it's gone for the season now with that knee injury. Um, but I think the guy that I would bank on if I'm Panthers, any, if I have any Panthers player, I'm hoping it's Christian McCaffrey because that's the guy both running and passing that obviously stepped up his game now that he's back. What this is his third start mm-hmm. uh, since being injured. I think he's right, perfectly p- positioned right now to contribute. No, I don't think there's a better player in the NFL when he's healthy. 
I mean, he's just. I think you're right. Uh, he's he's just the guy who could do just about everything and does it well. Colts at Bills. I'll pass on Wentz this week, but Pittman and Taylor they're solid. Jack Doyle's been pretty pedestrian, but he's a guy I take a chance on uh, this week, I mean, especially if you need a tight end because of a bye week situation. Jack Doyle's out there, and I, I think he'd be a good a one week pickup. And I think the Bills answered any questions about a possible like collapse permanently regarding that Jacksonville loss nine to six with an exclamation point of a game against the Jets this past week. So all running backs scored except Allen, of course, who's been their leading receiver or rusher a lot of times. Diggs got back on track. Gabriel Davis caught everything thrown his way. Allen himself was extraordinary as a passer. So I, I'd play any Bills player if I had him. Lions at Browns. Okay. How on earth does TJ Hawkinson have one target and no catches? One target. No catches against Pittsburgh. Jared Goff is awful. So as long as he's under center, don't play any Lions receivers, but do play running back DeAndre Swift. Coming off a 130-yard day against the Steelers, no touchdowns. So you got to believe this guy. Playing a Browns player, it's kind of like going to Vegas and playing black or red on the roulette wheel. You know, like one game, they hit everything. The next game, they can't beat a high school team. So I, whether Baker Mayfield, who's questionable with a knee injury, gets the start or it's Case Keenum, it doesn't really matter. Um, pay attention to the running back situation. Jones Johnson or any running back for them. If he, if whoever is the main guy, bank on him. And so there are, there are, they are a running team, despite what everybody thinks about the NFL being a passing league. The teams that win consistently are still run first, set up play action, push the ball down the field when you can. And um, so I, I think if I'm a, if I am a Browns owner, I don't play a receiver. I don't play the quarterback. I do play the running back. Niners Jags, uh, James Robinson, the only Jaguar I'd start, but I might keep, uh, pick up Dan Arnold if I was hurting a tight end. Again, another guy that if uh, you're in a buy situation, you need a tight end. He is out there and he is uh, worth a shot. So I think if you watch the 49ers beat up on the Rams last night, you'll agree with me here. Samuel and Kittle together go together like peanut butter and jelly. Samuel's like 220. He's fast. He's their go-to guy down the field. They put him at running back. He regains yards there. He scores touchdowns. His Whatever that, that last play where you're on fourth down, he catches the ball and goes for a touchdown, splits the defense, look eerily similar to a few weeks ago when on third and 19, they throw a little receiver screen his way, and he goes 83 yards with it. And ultimately, the Bears are the losers in that game. I just think that Eli Elijah Mitchell or Eli Mitchell or whatever, however he goes, the running back, he's special too. And, um, you know, I, those three people on the 49ers, that's where I'd go. Yeah, you know, uh, Mitchell didn't, uh, didn't hit his 100 yards. They came awful close. At 91, that would have been, I think, the fifth straight week or fourth straight week that he had it. And, and watching Debo Samuel is sort of like watching Tyreek Hill from multiple positions yesterday. I mean, he played every offensive position except offensive line and quarterback. So uh, talking about Texans and Titans, what a boring game, huh? Uh, Marcus Johnson, Swaim, and the defense is where I take the Titans. Titans going for number seven in a row. All right. Who was Marcus Johnson 48 hours ago? Nobody. <laughs> and then he explodes on the scene. So I, I, I still think the main receiver there with uh, the Titans is AJ Brown. Yeah. Um, and, but I will say this, if, you know, uh, just like the bills against Jacksonville, um, you know, the Titans uh, could stumble this week against the Texans. Um, and as far as the Texans go, I'm probably, I'll say this completely out 
on any Texans player. I don't care who the running back is, quarterback, receivers. Uh, there's nobody there I'd start. Packers and Vikes. Well, there isn't a starting Minnesota player I don't like. They're all solid. It's a divisional rivalry game. Jefferson really turned it on this week with nine for 143, but he was kept out of the end zone. And you got to like Cousins and, and Cook. I mean, it's just it's just a team that is just solid. And being at the game against the with the Chargers playing the Vikings this past weekend, Cousins on several occasions made a couple throws. We stood against the blitz. They had one where uh, Jalen Ramsey came in scot free, and um, uh, or not Ramsey. Um, trying to think who's the the strong safety there for the Chargers came in free, and he just stood in there calmly, hit Thielen over the middle, first down, and away they go. Like he's he's that kind of quarterback that people don't really think of as that guy, but he is that guy. So anyway, moving on to the Packers, I'll, I'll just say that, uh, you know, I have my issues with the way uh, uh, Rogers has handled this whole COVID uh, unvaccinated situation of his. But uh, I think if he's in the game and he's playing, uh, you know, the Packers to me, all the receivers, running backs, although I will say this about uh, Aaron Jones, he hasn't really done anything this year. Corey Dillon, on the other hand, is the guy I'd go with at running back. Oh, Dillon's oh, just Dillon. solid, yeah. Ravens and Bears, uh, like the Vikings, all the Ravens are solid this week, including a quiet Bateman and Devonta Freeman, uh, both a little bit better than pedestrian, but they were solid, which, which was kind of nice to see, even though I hate the Ravens. I think the Bears' best chance to win this game is kind of like the Dolphins last week, where defensively they pretty much shut down the running game and – Lamar Jackson. I think the Bears are going to have to bank on their defense doing something similar. Um, I think the the identity of the Bears' offense is running football still, and their offensive line is is getting better. And I think uh, Justin Fields is a big part of that running game and the play action game. And I think that for that reason, I would still bank on Montgomery or Herbert, whoever is the starting guy, and Darnell Mooney. Uh, if I had to have a receiver and I didn't have anyone else better, I, Darnell Mooney is the guy there in Chicago now. And, you know, uh, Herbert is a great handcuff for Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery was back last week, had most of the carries. Herbert didn't do as much as he had done a couple weeks before. So if, it's one of those situations. If you've got Montgomery, Herbert's a good pickup for you just to sit on uh, for that handcuff situation. Uh, check in the Cardinals and Seahawks. To me, I'm going to say it right out. Russell Wilson is highly overrated. He holds on to the ball too long. He rarely throws to Metcalf even when he's open. He's just frustrating to watch. I've been watching him for two years deep now because I have Metcalf on my fantasy team. And it's not just because I have him on my fantasy team that I'm seeing him uh, and I'm making his case for him. But, you know, I, I keep looking at Russell Wilson and it seems like he just hangs on to the ball, decides to run around, do the scrambling like the old Russell Wilson, but it's not working anymore. So he's on the bench for me, and his play has affected the receivers. In the Sunday night game, both Metcalf and Lockett were not even targeted until the last two minutes of the first half. So I'm off Wilson and even Metcalf against the Cardinals. I, I, I got to be off of if they're going to play together again. Well, I'll pick up the Cardinals and say that uh, I'm only banking on the Cardinals, uh, the, the offensive players, if Murray's playing. He's a huge part of their – well, he is their offense, and everything runs through him meaning they're running and passing game and he, who he's a big part of both himself. And I think that if he's still hobbled with that ankle and not playing, even if he is playing, I'm not so sure he's ready just yet, which is going to negative. If he's not, that's going to negatively affect 
their running game, their passing game, which is predicated on play action as well. And I just think that that means that A.J. Green, Ertz, James Conner are all guys that I would I would wait a little bit long. I would wait as long as I could to see how healthy he is before I start him or anybody else. Cowboys and Chiefs. Cowboys laid a hurt on Atlanta. No reason not to believe they will play up to facing the Chiefs. So everyone is good, even Pollard. And, you know, he had a good game as well. They mainly because they were so far ahead. Zeke didn't play the latter part of the game. And so Pollard got his, got his touches. And just watch the inter- injury wires for C.D. Lamb. There are some question marks there. Could be the game of the week. But as we all know, who knows with this NFL season. So the Chiefs and Mahomes especially just proved to himself, hopefully, that, you know, being a distributor, working your way through progressions, hitting checkdowns, screen passes means a lot and keeps the chains moving. And voila, there goes, what, 400 yards passing and four or five touchdown passes like last week. If that's the kind of Mahomes we're going to see from here on out, I'd bank on all the Chiefs players as well. I think uh, Kelsey Williams, Hill again, if they just do normal stuff, they're going to be good fantasy performers. Uh, Sunday night game, Steelers and Chargers. If Ben plays, and I think he probably will, uh, just have to wait later in the week. He gets a couple of uh, COVID tests. If he finally gets something negative, he'll play. And Steelers will be up for the challenge. And I do like Najee here. I like Deontay Johnson. I like Firemuth as well as the defense this week. Now, TJ Watt got hurt last week, but uh, the MRI came back negative. He's still bruised a little bit, so he may or may not play. If you want to watch that, uh, he, he was injured in that game. So if Ben remains out due to COVID, Rudolph starts, I'd dial down Fryermuth, who is he's been doing so well because he's one of Ben's favorite targets. And I'm not so sure that uh, uh, Mason Rudolph uh, target, targets him in his mind as uh, much as Ben would. I love how Fryermuth, he's a rookie, right? Mm-hmm. So they've already adopted him there at Heinz Field. So every time he touches the ball or even Ben thinks about throwing him the ball, it's this mood, which I got a feeling going to Charger games this year, there's more other fans there. Like the Chargers have 17 away games this year when you think about it. So I got a feeling we're going to hear some moves there this Sunday, (laughs) Sunday night, and we'll see. But uh, I think the Chargers are special. They've just got to prove it, I think, to themselves and get back on track in this week. And hopefully this is a game I think they should win. And I think the, for the, but, but for the NFL world to believe in the Chargers, this is a game they do have to win, with or without Roethlisberger. Yeah, uh, I, so I think – what's that? No, go ahead. I, I was going to say, and with or without T.J. Watt. I think uh, Herbert is that kind of quarterback. It doesn't matter who's in the game defensively. He's got to have a special – well, a solid day for him is 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, maybe 35, 40 yards rushing, maybe a touchdown rushing. And I think Keenan Allen has really settled into being the go-to receiver guy now. And uh, I think Mike Williams, though dropped an easy touchdown pass last week, I think he's still a guy that's ready to break out. Um, and I think that Keenan Allen – I mean, not Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler is also a guy that's worthy of playing. I'm, I'm just hoping the Steelers uh, enjoy the – better weather out here rather than the weather they're getting in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Monday night, I got the Giants and Bucks. I got to say the Bucks will be out for a solid rebound on the showcase game. And I do expect Brady to rebound in a big way. Look for four, maybe five touchdowns, as well as Godwin to keep an eye on the injuries to Antonio Brown and Gronk because they're kind of iffy at this point. But uh, Bruce Arians really took him to task. Uh, he blamed Brady for a lot of it. And, uh, the, you know, they're just not playing with their heads in the game. I yep. guess is the best way to put it. And uh, 
we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, the Giants are not, you know, your one of your top tier teams and coming off a, a loss like they had, I got to think the, the Buccaneers are going to be out for blood and just blow them away. We'll see. The, the thing that's been solid through the first 80% of the season so far has been the Bucks defense. But they literally got exposed these yeah. last couple of games. And so the Giants, who started out 0-6 and looked like they might not win a game, all of a sudden the last two out of three they've won and looked good even in the one they lost. And the guy that's really looked good for them hasn't been Daniel Jones. It's been Devontae Booker. Mm-hmm. And I think whether it's rushing, receiving, he's the guy. If there is a guy on the Giants team that even against the Buccaneers is worthy of a start, it would be Devontae Booker. There you have it, Kramer and Brill, Fantasy Football Podcast, and now Videocast 2. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Lipson, Odyssey, wherever you get your shows. And now you can also see the videocast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. Just go to our website, KramerandBrill.com. And both uh, those the videocast and the podcast, you can just click on the homepage and never have to leave it. From my friend Eric Kramer, we'll see you next time. <laughs>